Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the End Time Tribune, covering breaking news and current events as it pertains to Bible prophecy. In effect, chronicling the coming of Christ the King. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this week's edition of the End Time Tribune. This August the 8th, 2017. Ladies and gentlemen, boy, the last 24 hours have been rather productive in the news, so to speak. We have had Charlottesville just explode off the map. Most recent on this is A Virginia State uh, police helicopter crash uh, has killed two police officers that were monitoring the situation. But protests began uh, there around the university, and this protest, uh, this rally, uh, was dubbed Unite the Right. Now... Ladies and gentlemen, these were just nationalists gathered uh, together, and of course, there were punches thrown from the outset, I guess. But, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is this is nothing to laugh about, nothing at all to laugh about. Things like this are going to continue uh, to ramp up. We're just seeing protest of different types continue to prop up in the news. Uh, We all remember the last series of protests centered around Black Lives Matter, but this is just going to continue. We're going to see different incarnations of this across the board. But uh, this reading... Story from the Chicago uh, Tribune. The turbulence began Friday night when white nationalists carried torches through the University of Virginia campus. It quickly spiraled into violence Saturday morning. Hundreds of people threw punches, hurled water bottles, and unleashed chemical sprays. At least one person was arrested in connection. So, Ladies and gentlemen, this is this is going to continue to ramp up, and I imagine that the next nine days leading up to this eclipse is going to be a whole lot worse than anybody's suspects, because we have probably the largest gathering of Americans along one. Path in history. I have continued to, to do the research this week, ladies and gentlemen, and people are flocking to see this eclipse. So, ladies and gentlemen, don't think that you're going to get that many people together and there not be trouble because everyone dances the razor's edge. 
looking into some more economic news. Ladies and gentlemen, you're not going to be hi- they're not going to be able to hide this forever. Um, when you're starting to be able to get clips in local news spread out through all 50 states, making references to, well, now all of a sudden um, my mother's medicine is not being paid for by Medicaid, and we have no idea why, and this medication is more than the rent. As we begin to get more and more people that, as they're arrested... During the questioning, they admit, well, I don't have a job and I don't have a home. There's no way for me to take care of myself. Ladies and gentlemen, get your trays into the upright positions and do fasten your seatbelts. Sooner than later, somebody is going to pull the trigger on that start gun. Why, you're going to pull those pistols and whistle Dixie. Let's ride.
Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the End Time Tribune. It is a great privilege and an honor to be with you here tonight. Let's go ahead and get everybody in the saddle. Clinton, how was your week? And uh, what was your 10-second take on the news this week? Well, you know, my week has been good, uh, except for I can't stop watching the news. Uh, It seems like every day it accelerates one step further, further, further. We talked last week about how things were on, and then it's just showing that everything is just getting crazier by the day. And then what's happening right now in Charlottesville is is a horrifying prospect um, because, unfortunately, this is the beginning of that as well. Um, and I think it's very important that we all kind of watch and see how people are impacted by, like you said earlier, by the eclipse that's coming through. Well, ladies and gentlemen, as far as that, you know, let me go ahead and state this publicly. Donald Trump uh, immediately jumped on this uh, bandwagon, of course, and uh, his quotes were rather interesting. Um, he said that uh, order needs to be restored quickly so that the innocent lives uh, you know, can be protected. Ladies and gentlemen, none of these people here were innocent. They all voluntarily went to these protests, and I strongly suggest that you stay away from them. I mean, it raises all kinds of alarms with me that they immediately got us, you know, a three-named scapegoat here, James Alex Fields. I mean, just immediately when I saw that they provided his middle name, just like all the other catastrophe which we've had in the past with being given, uh, you know, scapegoats. It's, But ladies and gentlemen, you need to stay away from any protest there might be going on. Uh, at least that, that that is my personal take. Brian, uh, how's your week went and your 10-second take on the news before Clinton gets started here? 10-second take on the news, if it was that simple. And if you're referring to these protests that are happening out in Virginia, uh, let me ask that real quick. Um that's exactly what I was can, can I to. ask uh, why anybody would have to be warned to stay away from these in the first place? I mean, seriously, what would folks be what? having to do with insanity? I mean, we've literally got white supremacists and Nazis out in broad daylight. And, um, gee, it's kind of ironic how long have I been warning this was going on? They just come out, you know, once again, they just fly the swastikas, get out there in their Ku Klux Klan outfits. Oh, my gosh, people. Just ridiculous, and I knew this was coming over the course of the last week, so I was just waiting to see what was going to flare up once it hit. Well, our listeners need to be reminded that, ladies and gentlemen, you don't hang out with such people. Okay, I understand that they tricked a lot of Christians to going there because it was to unite the right. Ladies and gentlemen, you're not a part of the right, or at least I hope you're not. Ladies and gentlemen, you're not a Republican. You're not a Democrat. You're supposed to be a Christian. And Christians shouldn't be doing that. I mean, if you go to a church rally or something where you know everybody there and, and that sort of thing, but you shouldn't – you should expect bad things to happen. 
when you get into public gatherings with people that have absolutely not a singular good intention toward anybody. So <clears throat> just just keep that in mind. I mean, I appreciate that uh, that they're going to try to lure you there with giving these gatherings titles. And uh, I don't know, maybe even your church members will try to coerce you, saying, well, you're not a Christian if you don't go. No, you don't go to places like that. If you go there, you're not innocent, and when something happens to you, it's your fault. You went there voluntarily. So just put that in your back pocket. I mean, I'm not saying that you can't express your own opinions and all that type of stuff. That's not what I'm saying. You should have expected this sort of thing. And ladies and gentlemen, uh, what magically brought down that helicopter? I mean, the people who actually run this country, they really don't care, and they've proved it multiple times that if the people in charge don't do what they're told, they'll put their, their brains on their wife's dress in public. Don't matter if they're watching a play at the local theater don't mind if they're driving around in a major metropolitan city. Okay, so don't think that the people in charge have anything to do with politics because they don't. The people who really run the show, ladies and gentlemen, you're worth more as fertilizer in their wheat fields. That's the only value you have. I hope you know that. Well… Enough of that. We are cutting into Clinton's time. Clinton, get in the saddle and give us your news coverage for the week, please. Yeah, not a problem. Um, you know, everyone, th this stuff that's happening in, in Virginia and that has been spreading um, it is by design. Um, and, and not necessarily by design just by people in power, but by design according to prophetic uh, implications. Uh, we know that peace is going to be taken from the earth, and we can see with the, the protests, with the riots, not only in Virginia, but all over the world. All over the world, everywhere you look, protests and riots are happening, and they're escalating. And it, either they're against the government in power or the government doing it or against certain rights, you know, either be it gay rights or racial rights or whatever it may be. This is spreading. And it's going to continue to spread. I mean, I, I wish that I was wrong, um, but but we're we're not. And and this is going to grow and this is going to spread. I mean, when you have a rally that is primarily based off of race, and that's what this one is, is based off of you know white support, white supremacy. And you, you put people in that setting that show up in support of this in full body armor strapped with weapons. You know that it's not going to be a positive outcome. You know that they're there to incite violence. That's the only reason to have that display. You know, if you look back at the civil rights movement, you know, you look at Rosa Parks. What'd she do? She sat on a bus. You know, Martin Luther King walked around, never carried a weapon, never said he was going to kill anyone. He spoke the opposite. So if you see groups that are not speaking of peace, not speaking of let's come together and let's work this out, let's figure out a way to, to make this world a better place, 
then their only goal is to spread violence and to spread chaos and anarchy. And it's going to work. I mean, if you, if you look at this, not only did a helicopter crash, but someone drove a car through the crowd. Now, I haven't been able to find if they threw it, you know, drove it through the side that was for the alt-right or for the anti-protesters. But my question is, is if they drove through the anti-protesters, which kind of makes sense, probably that's what happened. If the person that was killed and the 19 people that were injured, if they're all white, then what did this rally in support of the white race do? You, you just attacked your own people. It, and if it was the opposite way, then the violence should not be on the anti-protest side towards, towards anyone. We, we can't have this protest. We can't have this violence escalating and growing. The rest of the world is watching. Not only the rest of the world, but the rest of the country is watching. This is not something that is going to stay isolated. You know, we, we, we have talked about Antifa uh, in the past. We, we've talked about their gatherings getting violent, but it's never gotten to this point. And so for it to get to this point, that is very, very scary. Um, not only for just protests and riots, but what other implications does this have? What other kind of violence does this spur? What other copycat events does this spur? You know, once our country is ridden by people inciting violence and driving people through crowds, which is happening in, in Europe right now, people are going to lose faith in going outside of their house. And, and when people lose faith in going outside their house, they, they don't move, they don't go out and buy stuff, they have it shipped into their house, and then everyone's job is in jeopardy after that because our entire economy is based off of people spending money. So the scope of this violence is going to impact all of us if we like it or not. And it's going to impact us in the one place that everyone feels, and that is in the pocketbook. You know, it's, it's not going to just stay in Virginia or in South Carolina or wherever else it is. This is going to grow, and this is going to expand. And if you are going to partake in this, you better make sure that you understand what you're getting into for the sheer fact that you're not going to be innocent. You show up to these, you you are guilty, plain and simple. Um, because if you're not drawn into it, you will be drawn into it, possibly by someone driving through the crowd and hitting you. And and we've seen that happen. And so, you know, any any word of advice that I can say is is everyone be conscious of where you're going, be conscious of what's developing around you. And if if you see unrest starting to happen, get out move get get away don't stand around and watch you know it's 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 a scary prospect but we all have to look at it and recognize it and acknowledge it for what it truly is and that is peace being taken from the earth we are in uncharted territory from modern america you know I and mean, we've we've encountered this back you know before when the North and the South had a major conflict. But the problem with this one is it looks like it's developing on racial divides. You know, I, I remember when I was up in Minnesota and the, the impact that the fear on the Muslim people has up there 
is staggering. I mean, if you are a person of color and you are in Minnesota, right away they assume you're Muslim. And that's what we've encountered. And that is horrible to see that, to, to just off of the color of your skin, you're labeled and labeled in a way that is possibly going to have violence against you. If anything that's happening in, in Virginia and what is ex- expanding from this, there's going to be violence against people just based off of race. And that's a scary prospect for anyone that you walk down the street and you're attacked just because of your race, white, black, brown, yellow, doesn't matter. It's wrong. And it should not be tolerated by anyone, especially the church. If you're a Christian and you're aligning with the Ku Klux Klan because you believe in their Jewish or in their Christian doctrine, you you might want to open up the scripture and start reading because it, it doesn't back it. Love and peace is what the scripture says, not to incite violence. So that's one little tidbit I wanted to say about that before we got going. Um, now, this last week, there has been so much going on with the United States and North Korea. And it, it, it's, it's basically both sides, you know, saying my hands are bigger than your hands. Um, you know, and I, I use that analogy light. <laughs> but basically, North Korea has been shooting off their missiles for a while. We all know that. And Donald Trump was, you know, uh, arrogant, I guess you could say, enough to say, you know, that if they threaten the United States again, that he will rain fire down, you know, onto them and the likes that the world has never seen. And directly afterwards, you know, his response was, fine, I'll shoot four missiles at Guam. Just no hesitation. Just, okay, I'm calling your bluff. And since then, Donald Trump has said that he has got his military ready as well. Well, what, where do we go from here? North Korea says that they will shoot off these four missiles this coming week or in the middle of August, which is this coming week. If they shoot these four missiles over Japan into Guam, if they even get anywhere close to Guam, that's an act of war, according to the United States and Japan. South Korea has already said that they are going to retaliate as well if this test goes on. North Korea said the missiles are ready. They're ready to shoot them. They're ready to do the test. The United States says their missiles are ready to destroy North Korea in 15 minutes. We've had generals come out and say that that's all it takes for the United States to completely demolish North Korea. And they're talking about destroying the population of North Korea. I mean, when we have a government that is looking to annihilate an entire people, where is the human rights going, hey, we, you know, this is ridiculous that we're even talking about this? And what, what, what kind of justification do we have to destroy an entire population of people? We don't. You can hate any country you want. But there's innocent people in every country. There's people that are trying to survive day to day who are good natured people in every country. And do those people deserve to be just annihilated just because someone wants to show how big their hands are? Yes, North Korea is an issue. Yes, we need to figure out what to do with North Korea. But is annihilating the entire country the way to go about it? Well, 
Unfortunately, we may find out this next week. We may find out what the actual strategy is to take out North Korea this next week. I mean, that just, the fact that I even said that is just scary to me. I mean, who knows what Pandora's box that opens? Does China support North Korea? Does Russia support North Korea? Donald Trump said that he anticipates looking into Chinese trade practices on Monday and starting a trade war. This is his words, starting a trade war on Monday with China. Okay, great. So we're going to take out China economically. And he says, you know, if they back us in North Korea, then maybe we'll rethink about our business strategy. Well, that's that's his his doctrine. That's what he plans on doing is basically holding back the, the U.S. dollar or our ability to purchase things from countries if they don't go along with what we want them to do. Well, China makes everything. China produces everything. China's already making connections in ways that we can't even, the, the Chinese government was able to send a message from their satellite to the ground that is unhackable, that you cannot get into and read the message. So basically from space to the earth in an unhackable way. And they plan on expanding this technology to you know, create an intercontinental quantum distribution system and a secure global network with Australia and Europe. They plan on creating this way of communicating online that you cannot hack, that you cannot break into, that you is completely secure. I'm sure for business, for, for reasons of trade. Now, you know, the one belt, one road that we talked about before on the program is a way to do it the old-fashioned way, make a highway, but you have to have distribution channels. This way you can transfer money. You can transfer information without anyone being able to get into it. And this is all a reality. Is the United States doing anything to enhance trade at this point? No, we're doing the complete opposite. We are moving everything back to our shores. We are trying to move businesses back. We are pulling our resources back. And we're isolating ourselves. So you can see the two different strategies and you can see how they conflict each other. Now, the, the other thing is with, I don't even know how to go into this. There was a report that came out this last fall. Um, I actually came out just, just a couple of days ago, but it happened last fall. Um, to where we had U.S. diplomats and, and U.S. Uh, uh, personnel in Cuba that were attacked in a very unique way. These people were attacked in an audible way that humans cannot hear, but it induces permanent deafness. So these diplomats in Cuba were being purposely deafened and, and speculation that it might be the Cuban government that was doing it. I mean, that kind of warfare that you can't even detect and Cuba has it? What kind of technology do we have? What kind of technology does Russia have if Cuba has this? And I'm pretty sure either 
they somehow developed it themselves, which is pretty, you know, light. I'm sure they probably didn't do that. So they probably got from Russia, which means that Russia is already inducing technology onto Americans that we don't want to tamper with. We don't want to mess with. We don't want to have to fight with. And, and this is here. This is already upon us. And we have to realize that this is here. Now, one other thing I want to say about the Chinese government is, and, and not even the government, just the Chinese people. They, you know, they have, and I've been hearing this since I was, you know, I was young, you know, that China owns everything that, you know, they've invested so much money into the United States that they bought all these businesses. And, and uh, you know, I mean, even the Canadian government put in this massive tax for people that overseas buying real estate, you know, so to try to stem housing values because they're going too high because people from other countries were buying real estate. Well, one of those countries was China. And they were a large portion of them. Well, report came out that Chinese foreign real estate spending from last year to this year dropped 82%. So they're not putting their money back into the United States. And they had been putting it into real estate. Well, what's going on with the real estate market? Well, it's going down. You know, they, they, what was it? Uh, a report I saw that said 25% of the, the sales last month uh, were already discounted. The price was reduced. If we were in a situation where the, you know, the economy was thriving and housing values were going to continue to go up, a quarter of housing sales shouldn't have to discount the price, but it did. And this is going to probably get worse considering that foreign government or foreign people, foreign nationals are not going to be investing the type of money that they, they used to into real estate. So we're going to see housing values go down. And for a lot of Americans, that's a good thing because then you'll be able to buy a house. The flip side of it is last time we saw this happen in you know, 2007, 2008, 2009, banks restricted lending. So unless you had cash to be able to buy these houses on a discount, you had a very hard time getting a loan. Now, we, history repeats itself. So that may come about as well now. So yeah, housing prices go down, but you know, unless you have cash to pay for it, you're not going to be able to, to get a house. Now, when you're looking at retail, retail, you know, say, you know, you have a, you know, you want to buy a house, you know, is your job secure? Well, if, if you work at any retail chain or any restaurants, you may be in trouble. I mean, it came out, just a couple of days ago that Applebee's is closing 135 restaurants and IHOP another 25. Now I, I absolutely love IHOP and, and the fact that they're closing 25 restaurants is, is crazy because I mean, they're supposed to be super successful, but the drawback is, is when restaurants can't produce income and a lot of them are struggling right now, then you know that the economy is in trouble because that right there is, something that we all have to have to survive, which is food. And if people are scaling back on what they spend on food, then you know that things are starting to shift, that, that people are getting strapped, that they can't spend anything because they have no money. And this is a straight indicator that that is going on. Now, other retail avenues, we, we've been talking about how they're closing stores like crazy and how we're having difficult times, you know, making money on that side of it. Well, 
We also know that the Dow was up over 22,000. So the average person looks at the Dow going, wow, things must be amazing out there. I mean, it's never been higher. But then why are certain stocks tanking? And those certain stocks, Macy's is down 40% this year. Kohl's is down 25% this year. Dillard's plummeted 15% on Thursday alone. This is, this is getting ridiculous. Nordstrom's was down. JCPenney's was down. Sears was down. Target was down. All your major retailers, all the stuff that we buy as average consumers, their stock price is going down. But yet technology and oil and those, you know, they, they, they must be going up. And we've talked about how the majority of these stocks are going up because the companies are investing their own money to buy their own stock to increase the price. It's not necessarily true. It's not a, anything that's viable. Um, now, typically, what you would see is when these stores go belly up, you would see their competitors' sales go up. That, you know, I mean, that's just how it works. You know, you have less competition and all that money has to flow somewhere if people are buying stuff. And then the, the competitors go up. But this is, you know, a quote uh, from CNN. Um, and it was an article talking about the retail apocalypse. And it says, a significant market share becoming available as a result of bankruptcies and store uh, closures should have produced sales growth for traditional retailers. But sadly, this hasn't occurred. So these stores are closing up. They're, they're not able to make any money. And their competitors are not gaining any traction. That right there tells you the velocity of currency is down, that the people are not spending their money. And they're holding on to it, either because they're, the baby boomers are getting ready to retire or because they're scared. So we have this engine that is shutting down on us. Now, this, there's another report that was incredibly scary that's associated to our economy. And it's associated to this backlash of illegal immigration. And a lot of, you know, the public, or I guess you could say the politicians say that California is kind of the main cause of illegal immigration. Well, California also produces a large portion of our food. And what they're encountering in California is they're having a mass exodus of workers, people that go out and pick the food that we eat on a daily basis. It's so bad that the food is rotting on the plants without being picked to the point that just in two California counties alone, they've had losses of $13 million just from not being able to pick the fruit or the food because they can't hire workers. They're offering American workers above average, above minimum wage pay pay time off in 401ks and they still can't have people come out and pick the food. They don't want to do it. I mean, if they offered the illegal immigrants uh, a wage that was above minimum wage, pay time off in 401k, they would gladly be out there. But according to what's going on, we don't want that. Well, the problem for this is, and I, I'll just read this little part right here. It says, but for farmers who have seen a net farm income fall, 50% since 2013, any loss of income is potentially devastating. So they've already had the revenue drop 50% in the last four years. And now they're losing massive amounts of money because they can't get the crops off. 
these farmers are going to go belly up. And when they go under, without any kind of government help, they will go under. When they go under, there goes our food production. There goes our ability to sustain ourselves. All because we don't want to invite people into this country to do work that we can't pay Americans to do because they don't want to take the jobs. There's something wrong with that. There's absolutely something wrong with that. Also, why are these companies able to get paid time off, 401k, and pay this minimum wage or higher wage? But for people that are here doing the job that may be here illegally, they pay them below the, you know, the poverty. They pay them below minimum wage. It's not right. It's not good. And we're going to have a reckoning from this. So either we need to make friends with people that make food or we're going to have issues. One of our other major producers that, that imports their food to us is Mexico, and we have not made friends with Mexico. So why would they increase their food production to feed fat Americans? They're not going to. And if things get tight and, and the world goes to war, they're going to sustain themselves. And we will have to sustain ourselves. And we're not doing that at this time. Now, there's some interesting other things that are developing as well. For instance, like Mexico was just awarded the, the world's largest ever catastrophe bond. So basically they bought this bond to where if the, or the country is hit, you know, by natural disasters, hurricanes or anything, you know, they're going to be, have insurance, you know, for $360 million for this to pay for everything. And the reason for that is basically 71% of Mexico's gross domestic product where people live that produce everything could be affected by two or more natural disasters. So, so it would only take maybe two natural disasters in the right locations to take out Mexico's economy. Absolutely. So they bought this bond to protect it. That makes sense. That's what they should do. That's the right thing to do. The only thing is this catastrophe bond will transfer the risk of natural disasters to investors. By allowing the insurer to not repay the bond principal if a major natural disaster occurs. Instead, the bond transfer diversified risk to private investors. Okay. I've been seeing this more and more, and I saw it over in, in uh, Europe when they were bailing out the, the banks over there. As they were saying they were going to transfer the losses to the stockholders, to the, the investors. And here's the same thing. They, they're going to sell bonds to pay Mexico for a natural disaster. But if something happens, it's not coming out of the, the company that created the bonds. It's going to come out of people that invested in it. And the article continues going on saying that if there's a potential that these people that buy these bonds will get nothing back because they're just going to take it from you. That's the plan. They, they've inflated the stock market drastically. And typically what, what happens is when, this, when an asset keeps going up, the smart money sells. They bought it before, they inflated it, they sell it at its top. The dumb money, which is the rest of us, put everything together, put it into the stock market at that point, and then it crashes. Well, the plan is to get the dumb money to put their money in, into the market, into the bonds, and then make us pay for all the losses. So that way there isn't a government bailout. It's instead a bailout from the public. And that is where we are headed on this. Now, the other interesting thing that, that came out was because of the Russia sanctions, Russia is then trying to move more and more away from the U.S. dollar. And that makes sense. The, the U.S. dollar is best based off of oil. 
based off of the petro. It's called the petro dollar. Now, these sanctions are primarily catered to the Russian energy export. So basically, the new law will punish individuals for investing more than $5 million a year or $1 million at a time in a Russian energy export pipeline project or, or providing services like technology or information support. So basically, these sanctions primarily hit the Russian oil industry. And the, the plan is to cripple Russia's oil so that way everyone has to buy American oil, which then keeps the U.S. dollar intact, which is the petrodollar. Well, Russia's moving away from this, and, and, and you can't blame them for that because they see the writing on the wall. They see what is happening, and that's why they're creating their own banking system you know, through the BRICS nations, is they plan on moving the world away from the U.S. dollar, and that is where we are headed on this. And the last thing before I hand it back over to Matthew, because I've kind of talked a lot um, here recently, but we've talked about Bitcoin and these electronic currencies that are expanding. We've talked about how Russia and China are trying to integrate their currency with an online currency as well. Well, there's a, a new one that just strikes my interest, and it's Bitcoin. Like, I, I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's B-I-T-C-O-E-N. And it's primarily just for Jews. This currency will be traded worldwide through their distributors for the Jewish people. And in the beginning, it'll be traded one-to-one -one with U.S. dollar. So it could be an attempt to try to link it to the U.S. dollar, or it could be an attempt to try to have a way for the Jewish people to be able to pay for things when everything goes virtual. But the interesting thing about this is, is the Jews, they can't, they can't do any work on the Sabbath. They can't, you know, buy anything. But there's an automated way that they can just put it in the, in the computer, and then they can get their purchases and everything done on the Sabbath without ever actually touching them. So this one just kind of sparked me and just made me kind of think a little bit more um, about as the world moves to one world currency or to a controlled system of commerce, we can see the, the groundwork being laid. And the uptick in violence is only going to cause people more and more to gravitate to online, to these virtual currencies, to having food and everything shipped into your house. That is, is where they're pushing everyone. And, and this violence is going to cause just that. Now, if we go to war with North Korea or Syria or Iran or Russia or whoever else you want to say, people aren't going to want to leave their house. Their, their jobs are in jeopardy. They're going to go to an online currency. And, and we need to watch as this development happens. Well, I, I said a lot, Matthew, so I'll hand it back over to you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we've got so many different facets to uh, to cover here. Um, here's one really strange article uh, published on the 9th. Dead seabirds washing ashore on New England beaches. Now, the problem is, is that various gulls are pretty common to see dead on the local beaches, it's reported, but 
Sharewaters are an extreme rarity. Now, this type of bird usually spends most of its time out at sea. But in New England this summer, hundreds of them have turned up. And it's starting to get everyone's attention because some there was an anomaly in this article that caught my attention. There has been an abundance of sand eels in our local waters, which are forage fish for sharewaters. As a result of them being closer to the shore than usual, it may be that that's why we've seen more dead than normal. But when pathologists examined the birds, this was his comment. The big mystery is, why are they thin? On the surface, it looks like you know what happened. They starved. But when you ask why, it becomes much more of a mystery. It is especially mysterious if prey is seemingly abundant, as it has been this summer in Rhode Island waters. So, ladies and gentlemen, extremely strange to see, well, the mention that there's a whole lot of these eels very close to the water when I found another article this week about um, everybody knows about the White Cliffs of Dover, correct? Well, they've been having massive uh, fish kills there, and it's a fish that normally uh, likes to come up and will sometimes even beach themselves. But in this instance at the White Cliffs of Dover, uh, nobody's enjoying… The thousands of dead fish, thousands of them, and they have no idea why they're coming up so close to the shores. They have no idea. So here we have two instances where for some strange reason the fish are getting out of the oceans and hugging the coast. Something is wrong. This week, uh, we had a study released for 2016, and boy, you should have seen this coming. 2016 hit records for global temperature and climate extremes. Let me just cut to the chase. From the Associated Press, item number one. At any given time, nearly one-eighth of the world's landmass was in severe drought. That's far higher than normal, and one of the worst years for drought. Two, extreme weather's everywhere. Giant downpours are up. Heat waves struck all over the globe, including a nasty one in India. Extreme weather contributed to a gigantic wildfire in Canada. Global sea level rose another quarter of an inch for the 16th straight year of record high sea levels. Next, there were 93 tropical cyclones across the globe, 13% more than normal. Now, that included Hurricane Matthew that killed about 1,000 people in Haiti. Next item, 
the world's glaciers shrank for the 37th year in a row by an average of about three feet. Greenland's ice sheet in 2016 lost 341 billion tons of ice. It has lost 4,400 billion tons since 2002. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm glad this was released, and they released it in the form that they did. Because this really had nothing to do with, well, you know what they're wanting to blame this on, but no. The point of this was everything is into a mode of weather chaos. I mean, just over the past two weeks, um, had to cover articles. It's extreme weather, of course, <laughs> you could plainly see from the from the weather.com site that it was a gigantic hurricane over United States. The very next week, same news organization released that all of a sudden we were going to have record lows as we went from one extreme to the other. This week we've had a tornado in places where it shouldn't be. Ladies and gentlemen, in China. So, it's amazing to me how these things are ramping up. Let me switch gears here. Once again, U.S. court uh, upends murder convention, uh, conviction of Blackwater contractor. Now, this particular assassin, okay, paid for by your tax dollars, a slanting. Um, and this is what will really make you mad. Uh, they nailed him and uh, his three cohorts uh, for a mass slaying in 2007, and we're just now getting justice, those, those 14 Iraqi civilians. You see, it was a crowded traffic circle in Baghdad, and these U.S. paid assassins, mercenaries, just opened fire and just murdered 14 of them, just randomly firing. Um, now, in a split opinion, the three-judge panel of the U.S. Court of Appeals in the District of District Circuit ruled a lower court erred by not allowing Nicholas Slanton to be tried separately from his three co-defenders in 2014. The 33-year-old contractor from Tennessee is serving a life sentence in his role for the killings. Which strained international relations and drew intense scrutiny of rural American contractors in the Iraqi war. So, ladies and gentlemen, no justice, I'm afraid, and certainly not after 10 years. We're having earthquakes in the Scottish Highlands. The biggest earthquake in 30 years hit them this week. I know that nobody's mentioned it so far, but um, Russia buzzed the Pentagon this week. Yeah, they, they, they buzzed the Pentagon because uh, due to a technicality in the Open Skies uh, Treaty, um, 
Putin ordered one of his planes to go in, circled the Capitol, the Pentagon, CIA headquarters. Guess what we did? Nada. Nothing. Putin knew that if we weren't going to shut down after the two towers come down, what did he have to worry about? He knows who the U.S. military is for. Those people who go against the bankers and the barons. This week, a 7.0 quake struck southwest China. We have no idea of the numbers that are there. They probably will not uh, release the numbers, but so far the West has been told about at least 100 people were feared dead. And just so everybody knows, due to the drought in Ethiopia, 2 million animals have died of thirst. Ladies and gentlemen, we more weather chaos. Ladies and gentlemen, the temperatures got so high in Kuwait, 122 degrees Fahrenheit, that the, the birds were falling out of the sky dead. Now, I know that I covered last week uh, that cars had begun to catch on fire. Their tires were starting to just light up there. But ladies and gentlemen, things are not going too well any which way you turn. This, these series of events cannot be good at all. Comes out in one of the most respected news agencies on the planet, The Guardian. They finally just come out and done it this week. Here is the headline. How Economics Became a Religion. The long read, its moral code promises salvation. Its high priests uphold their orthodoxy. So it doesn't really matter which way we turn. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got, I think that Clinton was mentioning something about the layoffs, but uh, Chicago Public Schools, they're having to dump 100 employees or 1,000 employees before the year starts. Uh, Pan Air uh, Airlines is uh, shedding flights in Denver and Portland. Uh, of course, demonstrators in Israel this week. Uh, it, it's just amazing. Um, everything that is going on, like I said, it doesn't matter which way you look. Uh, this week we've had a Missouri uh, earthquake, and this is the headline from local sources. Missouri quake fee shakes fears of New Madrid's future. So, ladies and gentlemen, so much on our plate. Uh, Oklahoma, people were getting rattled there when they got hit with just seven um, 
They got hit with seven earthquakes in a recently short span of time, just 28 hours they were hit. But of course, right there in New Madrid, look at the map. You can plainly see that's where also some of the earthquakes were emanating from. So we're certainly not being told the whole picture. And the picture is not very good at all. We're going to take a break, extenuating our listening to the book of Job. Tonight is going to be chapters 9 through 12. And I certainly do hope that you take the time to pay attention to what the good Lord through his servant Job. The book of Job. Chapter 9. Then Job answered and said, I know it is so of a truth, but how should man be just with God? If he will contend with him, he cannot answer him one of a thousand. He is wise in heart and mighty in strength. Who hath hardened himself against him and hath prospered, which removeth the mountains and they know not, which overturneth them in his anger, which shaketh the earth out of her place and the pillars thereof tremble, which commandeth the sun and it riseth not, and sealeth up the stars, which alone spreadeth out the heavens, and treadeth upon the waves of the sea, which maketh Arcturus, Orion, and Pleiades, and the chambers of the south, which doeth great things past finding out, yea, and wonders without number. Lo, he goeth by me, and I see him not. He passeth on also, but I perceive him not. Behold, he taketh away. Who can hinder him? Who will say unto him, What doest thou? If God will not withdraw his anger, the proud helpers do stoop unto him. How much less shall I answer him and choose out my words to reason with him? Whom, though I were righteous, yet would I not answer, but I would make supplication to my judge. If I had called and he had answered me, yet would I not believe that he had hearkened unto my voice. For he breaketh me with a tempest and multiplieth my wounds without cause. He will not suffer me to take my breath, but filleth me with bitterness. If I speak of strength, lo, he is strong. And if of judgment, who shall set me a time to plead? If I justify myself, mine own mouth shall condemn me. If I say I am perfect, it shall also prove me perverse. Though I were perfect, yet would I not know my soul, I would despise my life. This is one thing, therefore I said it. He destroyeth the perfect and the wicked. If the scourge slay suddenly, he will laugh at the trial of the innocent. The earth is given into the hand of the wicked. He covereth the faces of the judges thereof. If not, where and who is he? Now my days are swifter than a post. They flee away, they see no good. They are passed away as the swift ships, as the eagle that hasteth to the prey. If I say, I will forget my complaint, I will leave off my heaviness and comfort myself, I am afraid of all my sorrows. I know that thou wilt not hold me innocent. If I be wicked, why then labor I in vain? If I wash myself with snow water and make my hands never so clean, yet shalt thou plunge me in the ditch and mine own clothes shall abhor me. For he is not a man as I am, that I should answer him and we should come together in judgment. 
Neither is there any daysman betwixt us that might lay his hand upon us both. Let him take his rod away from me, and let not his fear terrify me. Then would I speak and not fear him. But it is not so with me. Chapter 10 My soul is weary of my life. I will leave my complaint upon myself. I will speak in the bitterness of my soul. I will say unto God, Do not condemn me. Show me wherefore thou contendest with me. Is it good unto thee that thou shouldest oppress, that thou shouldest despise the work of thine hands, and shine upon the counsel of the wicked? Hast thou eyes of flesh, or seest thou as man seeth? Are thy days as the days of man? Are thy years as man's days, that thou inquirest after mine iniquity, and searchest after my sin? Thou knowest that I am not wicked, and there is none that can deliver out of thine hand. Thine hands have made me and fashioned me together round about, yet thou dost destroy me. Remember, I beseech thee, that thou hast made me as the clay, and wilt thou bring me into dust again? Hast thou not poured me out as milk, and curdled me like cheese? Thou hast clothed me with skin and flesh, and hast fenced me with bones and sinews. Thou hast granted me life and favor, and thy visitation hath preserved my spirit. And these things hast thou hid in thine heart? I know that this is with thee. If I sin, then thou mockest me, and thou wilt not acquit me from mine iniquity. If I be wicked, woe unto me, and if I be righteous, yet will I not lift up my head. I am full of confusion. Therefore, see thou mine affliction, for it increaseth. Thou huntest me as a fierce lion, and again thou showest thyself marvelous upon me. Thou renewest thy witnesses against me, and increasest thine indignation upon me. Changes and war are against me. Wherefore then hast thou brought me forth out of the womb? Oh, that I had given up the ghost, and no eye had seen me. I should have been as though I had not been. I should have been carried from the womb to the grave. Are not my days few? Cease then, and let me alone, that I may take comfort a little, before I go whence I shall not return, even to the land of darkness and the shadow of death, a land of darkness as darkness itself, and of the shadow of death without any order, and where the light is as darkness. Chapter 11 Then answered Zophar the Amethyte, and said, Should not the multitude of words be answered, and should a man full of talk be justified? Should thy lies make men hold their peace? And when thou mockest, shall no man make thee ashamed? For thou hast said, My doctrine is pure, and I am clean in thine eyes. But oh, that God would speak and open his lips against thee, and that he would show thee the secrets of wisdom, that they are double to that which is. Know therefore, that God exacteth of thee less than thine iniquity deserveth. Canst thou by searching find out God? Canst thou find out the Almighty unto perfection? It is as high as heaven. What canst thou do? Deeper than hell. What canst thou know? The measure thereof is longer than the earth and broader than the sea. If he cut off and shut up or gather together, then who can hinder him? For he knoweth vain men. He seeth wickedness also. Will he not then consider it? For vain man would be wise, though man be born like a wild ass's colt. If thou prepare thine heart and stretch out thine hands toward him, if iniquity be in thine hand, put it far away, and let not wickedness dwell in thy tabernacles. For then shalt thou lift up thy face without spot, yea, thou shalt be steadfast, and shalt not fear. Because thou shalt forget thy misery, and remember it as waters that pass away, and thine age shall be clearer than the noonday. Thou shalt shine forth, thou shalt be as the morning, and thou shalt be secure, 
because there is hope. Yea, thou shalt dig about thee, and thou shalt take thy rest in safety. Also, thou shalt lie down, and none shall make thee afraid. Yea, many shall make suit unto thee. But the eyes of the wicked shall fail, and they shall not escape. And their hope shall be as the giving up of the ghost. Chapter 12. And Job answered and said, No doubt but ye are the people, and wisdom shall die with you. But I have understanding as well as you. I am not inferior to you. Yea, who knoweth not such things as these? I am as one mocked of his neighbor, who calleth upon God, and he answereth him. The just, upright man is laughed to scorn. He that is ready to slip with his feet is as a lamp despised in the thought of him that is at ease. The tabernacles of robbers prosper, and they that provoke God are secure, into whose hand God bringeth abundantly. But ask now the beasts, and they shall teach thee, and the fowls of the air, and they shall tell thee. Or speak to the earth, and it shall teach thee, and the fishes of the sea shall declare unto thee. Who knoweth not in all these that the hand of the Lord hath wrought this, in whose hand is the soul of every living thing and the breath of all mankind? Doth not the ear try words, and the mouth taste his meat? With the ancient is wisdom, and in length of days understanding. With him is wisdom and strength. He hath counsel and understanding. Behold, he breaketh down, and it cannot be built again. He shutteth up a man, and there can be no opening. Behold, he withholdeth the waters, and they dry up. Also he sendeth them out, and they overturn the earth. With him is strength and wisdom. The deceived and the deceiver are his. He leadeth counselors away spoiled, and he maketh the judges fools. He looseth the bond of kings, and girdeth their loins with a girdle. He leadeth princes away spoiled, and overthroweth the mighty. He removeth away the speech of the trusty, and taketh away the understanding of the aged. He poureth contempt upon princes, and weakeneth the strength of the mighty. He discovereth deep things out of darkness, and bringeth out to light the shadow of death. He increaseth the nations, and destroyeth them. He enlargeth the nations, and straighteneth them again. He taketh away the heart of the chief of the people of the earth, and causeth them to wander in a wilderness where there is no way. They grope in the dark without light, and he maketh them to stagger like a drunken man. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the End Time Tribune. Let's get straight away to the prize news coverage this week. Brian, the saddle is yours. Well, that's the determining factor. Where do I begin with this? I mean, I guess to touch on this topic of what we're seeing with these protests that are taking place here, as far as this, uh, what would you call this, this white supremacist, uh, neo-Nazi events that are taking place, you know, a way I have warned for how long now that this was a boiling out of control circumstance that's been taking place across, well, it's actually taking place across much of the uh, nations where there's white people. I mean, I don't know how else to state this, but that's sort of the reality of the matter. Now, it's it's simple to sort of place blame on the last election cycle and the commander-in-chief for bringing about this 
sort of change within a population, folks, but I think you need to stop and consider for one moment that these politicians do nothing more than stoke the flames of what's already present and then use that as a platform to run with. So therefore, that means that these uh, these ideologies already were boiling at the forefront. And for any of you that paid attention to everything that was going on during the uh, last commander-in-chief's eight years in office, you could see this as clear as a bell, especially if you, well, have frequented a.k.a. keeping a close eye on the um, Dominionist and Crusader circle within the elements within the church itself, within the right wing, this was taking place this entire time. They had been continually fueling this uh, this propaganda aspect where, you know, I brought this up last week, but I think it's important to reiterate it again because it's this, the white horse, red horse really stands out once you realize that through multiple uh, different propaganda sources, they were essentially stating that the left was aligned with Marxist economic systems and communism. And flaring up that whole mentality, then, of course, they're doing this, uh, this play back and forth now, once again, where they're convincing everybody that the, the infamous... Uh, British Zionist banker conspiracy to take over the world is transpiring and all this other just ridiculous nonsense that they keep bantering with back and forth. Propaganda coming out from both sides now to the point where it's making, it's getting to the stage now where I'm having to reject about 90% of the news sources I attempt to read because they're bringing forward so much biased information from both sides where they're only giving you half-truths. They're giving you part of the story they're giving you false information to give a false lead. And then on the other side, they end up doing the same thing. And it's gotten to the point where the news sources, which I even consider reliable any longer, have diminished down to next to nothing. Because they're continuing to play this game over and over and over, back and forth and back and forth within the public realm. Now, once you begin to understand the fact that to make matters worse, all of the media conglomerates throughout the Western world had been bought out by the corporate entities ages back just to stoke these flames, to keep people confused and spinning in the dark, and that's exactly what this is doing. So what we're seeing here in Virginia, folks, this isn't the first time this has happened here since this election cycle. This has been ongoing. This has even actually been ongoing back into the last administration. It's just everybody decided to turn a blind eye to it, even though most uh, folks out there were warning that our domestic homegrown terror from militias and white nationalists and so on and so forth was actually the key critical elements within terror on our own soil. So these flames have just been stoked on a continual basis here, but this isn't the first time in history. I spoke about this shortly last week. I'll speak about it shortly again. I mean, folks, you got to wrap around your minds. Lock in 1899 and start running 40-year patterns and take note of what happens. Because on each one of those 10-year patterns, moving into 40-year cycle, 
you see the reemergence of the same things over and over and over and over again. You know, we go, the easiest one to pinpoint is to look at the way that the markets had been manipulated so that the uh, Anglo-American or, you know, a.k.a. the British and American uh, complete and absolute control over the world economy, economic systems, had continually been stoked. We saw the 1929 collapse in the stock market. By the time we roll forward to 1969, everything once again was into absolute chaos. Then by 1970s, 1973, up into 79, the oil shocks hit, which turn around, you know, by that time they had unlinked gold from the dollar system. And then they whipped around everything being propped up by the petrodollar. And what did they do essentially? Well, all oil had to be purchased with the United States dollar. Setting this system into a spot where, well, literally the paper money had no worth any longer. And we can see this with a story just released out of Russia where they're trying to put gold back into their banks. Yet at the same time, they realize it's a futile effort because there's not enough gold in the world to even contend with the economic issues that we have that have been all brought about by just ridiculous measures on a continual basis between Britain and America to continually just keep building this machine that just keeps raking in the bucks, be it through manipulation of the markets, through oil, then they collapse economies. Um, you know, a perfect for instance of this is what happened here in, I believe it was, yeah, it was during Reagan's administration. Everybody's heard all the ramblings going on with Mexico. But, folks, you got to realize that Mexico was actually a moving uh, an economy that was starting to build steam forward. And America couldn't have that on their southern borders. So they started bringing stuff into the media stating that the pesos was about to collapse, started bringing forward all this false information to the point where all the people in Mexico started immediately getting rid of the peso. They started collapsing it more and more and more. Next thing you know, the whole place is in complete and absolute economic turmoil to the point where it turns into what? Well, now they have the capability of cartels are out of control down there, the drug trades, everything else, and who makes use of those means? The intelligence ops, the black ops all throughout the world, it's pretty much common knowledge they make use of the drug trade to fuel their black ops projects. We have this system where they, you know, the oil shocks, they then turn around and they raised all the interest on the loans that were going out for these varied countries throughout the world, third world countries, for instance, developing countries. They do this interest shock, the inflation. Next thing you know, these people are caught in these debts that there's no way they can repay because of the ridiculous interest rates that they're now bound to even to try to pay back the debt. They're just nonstop paying back the interest rates and it keeps them in this intentional bubble. And that's how they continue to keep manipulating this entire system over and over and over again. We look around and, you know, if we don't study the patterns of how this has been done at first, it looks like absolute pandemonium and chaos. We can't see what's going on. 
But then lo and behold, we find out two nations back and forth have been playing this little game. With the oil, with the banking industry, and they keep just filling their pockets over and over and over again. So where's the next stage where they're going to take this again so they can bring about absolute turmoil and once again fill their coffers? I think that's the thing that we need to be watching for. We've had all this ramping up of tensions between North Korea in this last week, which essentially really is boiled down to nothing more than a war of words that more or less I would have to say, well, what came out of Trump's mouth this week borderlined on psychosis. And of course, this has got the entire world up in arms. Now, vast majority of the news sources have been incorrectly stating what actually happened that made him fire off those remarks. The news sources are telling you that he made his remarks about the fire and fury, about unleashing, you know, he's basically telling everybody we're just going to start dropping nukes. Well, he used that rhetoric during the election. Nobody should be surprised by this. I mean, everybody knew about the fact that he stood up and went, well, why do we have nukes if we don't use them? Then he comes into office and he starts a program, once again starts, uh, you know, getting our nuclear program up to par. And lo and behold, everybody all of a sudden is surprised by this comment coming out of his mouth when he told everybody all along. And yet, here's the funny kicker in the story. Well, it's like I said, everybody stated that the North Korean leader um, stated after the fact going, well, we're going to bomb Guam because of him saying that, but it was actually in reverse order. And you'll get this out of the actual South Korean and North Korean news sources that what was stated by the leader in North Korea is the fact that because there's B-1B bombers, there's all kinds of military buildup going on all over the place going in towards South Korea. They're flying up in there with B-1B bombers and everything else. The leader there stated that if you guys don't knock this off, we're going to knock out your military stationing there in Guam so that this comes to an end. Now, walk in his shoes for a moment and the people in North Korea, his stated intent is that they're trying to come up, build this nuclear program so they can keep their sovereignty. With the way that we have watched throughout the world that these different Western powers just continually come in and topple governments and throw in puppet regimes you start to get to the conclusion where you can see why it is that this North Korean leader is thinking in the way he does. You know, the idea of the American nation once again doing what, they've been the only nation in history that has dropped nuclear weapons on anybody. Hiroshima, Nagasaki, those wars were clearly over. There was no reason to do that other than to show the entire world their supremacy, militarily speaking. Is this what we're looking at again here? Most commentators are saying that America's in retreat. That everything that we've done throughout the world, we can't contain or sustain a single military operation, which we have started anywhere. 
And so most people are saying we're in retreat. And we see the Central Asian continent, most notably China, is quite heavily on the rise. Same thing being with Russia. And that's where you have to consider what is going on in the mindset and mentalities of the strategists there in the White House right now. Just the threat alone that he had made about just completely nuking North Korea off the map sets off warnings like nobody's business. Because to do that, everybody, folks, you got to realize that pull up the map and realize, geographically speaking, okay, the main threat is what's going to happen with China and Russia after the fact. Because to do this to North Korea over four small nuclear weapons that, by the way, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but there's a reason that all the missile defense systems have been put into place. It's first strike capability. North Korea, to even attempt to launch those nukes anywhere, they would be shot out of the air before they even had a chance of getting anywhere. There's only certain ways that they could deliver weapons like that, be it seaborne, submarine, or something. They would have to crawl right up next to the target to even do it because they'll be shot out of the air instantaneously. Okay, Anybody that has studied any form of military tactics already knows this. So these four nuclear weapons that they may have in their possession, it's pretty much irrelevant. An ICBM that they have in their possession is irrelevant and would be shot out of the air by the time it got into space. Okay, so what is this now? This posturing that's going on is ridiculous. And I don't know where this is heading next. Personally, I think it's suicide for the United States to even continue Consider doing something along these lines. And if you watch the things coming out of, for instance, Tillerson, and at least what's left to the State Department, because never mind the fact that they gutted all the funding to the State Department, they now have three generals pretty much running the show in D.C. as we speak. So I guess we're now going with shotgun diplomacy, because if they're cutting the State Department diplomatic solutions are is this what they're coming to is this what's happening they're bringing that off the table because it's what it looks like yet once again we're back to square one these circumstances all throughout the world have gotten to absolute ridiculousness i mean let's let's take a look at for instance here and i'll bring in some of these news stories 7th of uh, August, we had this released. U.S. Special Forces in Lebanon prepare to fight ISIS alongside Hezbollah. The Americans are training with the Lebanese army for operations while Hezbollah is gearing up to fight ISIS on the Syrian side of the border. That's a rather strange um, group to be siding up with now, isn't it? But then again, right now, Lebanon's government is sort of caught in a split because Hezbollah is in part running that government. And if we're to go back and look at who was really pulling the change of Hezbollah during the Iran-Contra, well, that was Syria that was pulling their chains anyways. So, you know, we have this once again interesting little 
Shia Sunni divide here is causing all kinds of contention throughout the Middle East, yet we're consistently seeing the United States is stating, well, we're going to drop Iran and the Shiite elements, and then we're fighting alongside the Shiite elements right here in Syria. We've got Hezbollah. Inside of Iraq, they've been fighting with the Shiite elements to the point where now the Sunni population is down to like 20%, where the other 80% is being run by the Shiite elements, which by the sounds of it now is just turned into, once again, sectarian divides and everything else are splitting out of control inside of Iraq, where Kurdistan is stating um, we're the really only remaining bastion of bringing any kind of stability to this region right now. So this kind of goes back again. You know, we see all this saber rattling going on against Iran, and yet we're seeing that the American forces are consistently propping up and fighting alongside Shiite forces all over the place. That's an older story. Once again, here's a story that, well, we've pretty much talked about time and time again. Uh, U.S. is far more deeply involved in Syria than you know. I've stated this time and time again, folks. It's They'll tell you that we don't have forces on the ground, but if you've been paying attention to the news, yes, indeed, we do. And once again, the main group that they've been using quite heavily in there is the Kurdish populations. Well, that throws in our wild card on the map, and that's good old Turkey, because Turkey's got major issues with the fact that we're using these Kurdish elements. You know, most notably we got in Syria, we have Rojava, which has been pretty much predominantly a Kurdish-held area, and this is causing all sorts of contention with Turkey, who labels that, along with other elements in the world, as a terrorist organization. And that wild card, Turkey just seems to be too perfectly strategically placed. And they had stated quite some time back that Operation Euphrates Shield had come to an end, and yet somehow it's been fired up again. It's rather striking. Okay, that's uh, what I already talked about there. And let's see here. Tensions building along Iran-Iraq border. Once again, the uh, Kurdish Democratic Party of Iran, which seeks Kurdish autonomy in the country, has been exiled to Iraq which has been intensifying its presence along the border in recent days. Everybody, we've spoken about in the program a couple weeks back here about what's going on with the Kurdish independence referendum that's coming up in September 23rd, or 25th. And it's definitely going to be a hot point of contention in the international community. These people have been promised uh, independence going back as late as what in the world was it? It was basically right after World War One, where they started moving that in when they came in and divided up all of the Middle East. And I mean, to a degree, I think that maybe is something important to touch on real quickly here, folks. Is this dividing of the land in the Middle East at the end of World War One with the Sykes-Picot agreements, the Red Line agreements, all the uh, varied 
things that took place where they just came in and took absolute control over the Middle East and put in borders and said, you guys live here, you live here, and then just caused absolute control all throughout the regions while we come in, steal their oil, you know, resources, everything else under the sun through Britain and America. Well, this has led to this boiling up that we've seen nonstop here throughout the years. And you really have to ask yourself at this point because, you know, for one, when we had, well, let's, I guess, start when Wahhabism was brought about, when we had Ibn Saud set on the throne. And then on top of it, you had a bunch of groups within there that wanted to bring about the caliphate. Then, well, the king, I believe, by the name of Aziz at that time, well, he gunned them all down. And then they basically, well, they became spoiled by all the money being brought in by Western interests to keep them propped up. That's where it led to the contention, for instance, with bin Laden. That boiled over because of the fact that they were just being corrupted and the Islamic movements were being corrupted. But at the same time, while Wahhabism was being spread down into through into India, into Pakistan, over into Afghanistan, these ideologies kept spreading. And then that turned around and led to the explosion when we saw with the Islamist movement that's led to the terrorism that we have. All these directions where this is leading, these people want their land back. And the more they try to contain this, the more explosive and volatile this situation is going to get. And there's just no escaping this. And this is just leading towards this crash course that we're continually watching play out in front of our eyes. But then all of a sudden, lo and behold, well, now we have something new in the mix because you know essentially most of these middle eastern areas especially the oil rich ones had been the main controlling factors throughout there but guess what folks turns out that well west bank and golan heights both are very rich in oil, and most specifically, Megiddo. Then we've had the natural gas fields of Leviathan and Tamar in the Levantine Basin. Well, everybody, um, it's an American oil company that once again is developing that. And you have to find that rather ironic when the OPEC nations have pretty much held sway over everything oil-wise, and then lo and behold, they find out that one of the biggest oil reserves is in the West Bank and of all places, Megiddo. hope that's making people's heads spin a little bit. <clears throat> More things coming to the forefront with Netanyahu. This is spinning out of control. In Israel, but at the same time, as many people are pointing out, no matter how much controversy is going on here, this still, they have a suspicion, is not going to destabilize anything because of the sway that the right-wing Likud party has over Israel. And they don't really see that this is going to do much of anything. 
Now, the chief concern I have here, because, well, we seem to have a chain of massive corruption is continually coming to the forefront with all these world leaders. Just recently here, we've had the leader in Pakistan was overthrown again by a military coup. And what I mean by again is, well, there's this military coup keeps happening in Pakistan where they throw the leader out. And lo and behold, this is actually an old pattern that the West has pulled time and time again. If that leader gets out of hand, they have the military come in and remove him. Happened again. But he made a telling statement that in the upcoming weeks, he has information that he's going to bring forward that is going to turn things upside down in Pakistan. Yet I think this tends to be a bit of a bigger statement because we have all kinds of accusations of corruption going on here within the Western government. We have them over in Israel, and then we have them over in Pakistan. The thing is, is if you know your actual history, you're going to start to realize that they're all linked. And that gets rather frightening in context of what that Pakistani leader stated that he has material that will be bring, brought forward that will rattle. Look, folks, we've had for how long here in the United States, they keep going out and uh, grabbing different documentation on the varied players, for instance, in the investigation here in America. We've had the FBI going out and seizing things over and over and over again, and yet still nothing is happening. Same goes with these corruption charges here, for instance, within Israel. If it comes to the forefront, the reality of what's coming going on, once again, we're going to be back to square one. And everything in and of itself is going to come unraveled for the Western world. Because it keeps tying back into these same circles. These corrupt bankers, these corrupt oil barons. It's just to the point where it's primed to explode. But here's the issue. For them to actually bring all this information forward, well, then all of a sudden it's a threat to national security. It leaves us in a kind of a strange predicament when you consider it. You know, I'm not so certain what everybody else seems to think here, but when you find out that all of a sudden Israel is sitting on some of the richest oil In the entire Middle East, see, before it was only a strategic position for the Suez Canal because Britain was taking all their trade through that region. And then, of course, you come down into Yemen and Aden, which is, again, another very important port concerning trade. All of a sudden, finding out that Israel has got ridiculous amounts of oil that changes everything not to even mention the bargaining chips on the table all the way across the board another story that came out yesterday Turkey's tough stance on the Uyghurs has implications for Syria and if everybody's not aware of who these people are they're essentially Islamic groups that are well pretty much break it down, related to the House of Togmarah, the Turkish people that are up by uh, Xinjiang and China. And they've been coming through Turkey, fighting in Syria, 
and going back and forth and back and forth. And once again, Turkey just seems to be the infamous place to bring through all kinds of insanity at all times. And this is causing, once again, all kinds of problems with China and Syria. Once again, one of these infamous fracture points. Again, Venezuela state oil company. That's all over the place. Trump warns Venezuela of a U.S. military option. And yet, rather ironically enough, after we got off air last Saturday, already mercenaries were hitting military bases in Venezuela. Basically promised uh, rebel groups had already started. Uh, They've already basically swung into full high gear of an atypical overthrow of a governing body. Yet the kind of ironic question I have to ask is, seems to be a pattern here, because I don't know, you almost wonder how much America had a hand in this leader getting in place in the first place. See, Iran's uh, Cut Force commander vows revenge against ISIS terrorists. Had a big uh, event that happened, uh, let's see here. Ah, boy. We'll skip past that one. Once again, Trump sends a delegation to Israel, Palestinian Authority, and Arab states in new peace push. This is going to be starting up here again, apparently after they get done with the recess, and it's the same players once again heading out there. And if you caught some of the leaked uh, comments out of Jared Kushner's mouth, to put it nicely, I'd say he has no idea of how to deal with this, which I would have to say is pretty much a continual factor with these politicians that are trying to deal with the uh, circumstances out there. But I suppose, you know, continuing arming the terrorists through Western sources probably isn't helping matters as far as peace is concerned anyways, is it? Uh, There's all kinds of stuff here to yet cover, but um, my head is just pounding at the moment, and I'm just going to hand it back over to you guys because I can't really keep on a straight line of thought with my nice allergy and sinus stuff going on this time of year. So, Well, (laughs) uh, regardless of the allergy stuff, uh, yeah, it does make your head spin. I mean... Really spin. So, uh, Clinton, your comments or additions to what Bry had to say there? Well, I mean, it's just a testament of how the world is is unraveled. Um, I mean, everywhere you look, you can see that the world is is just coming undone at seams, and it's it's fascinating to watch it. I mean, um, I was not aware of the old reserves in the West Bank um, and in Megiddo. And that right there is so important um, because we know of, of the, the battle that ensues. Um, and there's a strong possibility since we're, you know, oil and wine are very important at the end that uh, this may lead to something like that as well. Um, you know, I hope that the analysis on North Korea having their missiles shot out of the sky 
uh, before they even get anywhere is is real. Um, it, it's still just it, it's it's a scary concept um, because I, I remember hearing the story of you know it was probably a couple months ago, but it seems like it was it was yesterday. Um, North Korea uh, got upset with the United States before all this escalation happened. Um, declared war, and all of a sudden a submarine popped out of nowhere that we didn't know and shot a missile, and it just went up in the air and came straight down. Nothing happened. But it was the action. It was the action that we didn't even know they had a sub. We didn't know that subs had missiles on it, and they were willing to shoot California. Um, and so, you know, who knows? Who knows what we're going to be up against? You know, I also you know wanted to comment on, uh, you know, the – uh, islands that China has created in the South China Sea, you know, and, and only for military purposes, you know, so, so that only leads to one thing. And, and this whole development also between India and China is very alarming as well, because it seems like China is really, really, really upset with India and, and looking to possibly escalate that. So just one little other tidbit to kind of look into. Well, I wanted to uh, bring this up uh, real quick before the end of the show. Uh, it would seem that, uh, ladies and gentlemen, a housing bubble is seriously looming. Uh, this is from the Seattle Times. Housing bubble fears stronger in Washington than any other state. Uh, new survey found 71% of Washington adults think a housing bubble is coming. New York, Florida, and California residents are the next most likely to fear a housing bubble. Now, this new national survey, when you take a look at it, this is what people are uh, thinking, um, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this, this survey showed that 71% of the adults in Washington, 68% of the residents in New York, 63% of the residents in Florida, 59% of the residents in California, and 58% of the residents in Texas all believe we're headed for a serious housing correction. Now, perhaps the most telling finding the article lays out is that more than 8 in 10 homeowners, 83%, think now is a good time to sell. <laughs> a nine-point jump from last quarter. Last quarter. Furthermore, only 43% of first-time homebuyers are confident that a home they buy today will gain value by the end of 2018. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the basically the entire American adult population knows we've got a serious correction coming in the home buying business. And this is just absolutely off the charts because I scanned and scanned. Well, Seattle was the only one that would report the truth. The other states wouldn't touch it with a ten foot pole. So Clinton, what what do you make of that? 
because when you've got the majority of adults thinking that way, and now look, most of the Americans are saying, yeah, we know if we buy a house now, it's going to lose value by 2018. What what do you make of that being common knowledge and still this economy marches on? What What's your take on that? Well, you know, everyone goes off of emotion, uh, especially on a large purchase. And, and I wonder how many of those people are actually looking to buy a house um, coming up as well. Um, because, I mean, every indicator shows that, that the housing prices are not sustainable with the wages. Uh, we, we showed earlier in the program that China is, you know, not going to have their money coming into the market. And then the Americans believe that, you know, the housing prices are going to go down as well. Um, it's, it's kind of inevitable. I mean, if you look at what happened in 2007, 2008, all of the indicators are repeating themselves. Um, and we, we have exactly that. I mean, here in, in Colorado, I mean, the, the housing prices are above the levels that were back in 2008. Um, and, and they're escalating, you know, and, and so that's not a very good indicator. And a lot of people believe that it's just going to continue going up here, which is what they believed back in 2007, 2008. The fact that Washington is, is believing that they're going to have a major correction um, is not good. Um, because typically when people believe that way, they stop buying houses, the demand goes down, and then you have your correction just based off of that. So we're, we're moving in that direction. Too many people are looking at the Dow as the as the indicator to, as an actual indicator, um, and it's not. Um, and so the people that really have no clue um, are going to continue on, you know, doing what they want to do, where everyone else is kind of watching and having an understanding of what's ahead of us. Yeah, housing prices are, are going to go down, bef- you know, before it's all said and done. Well, I've been looking into the car industry, too, and GM's plan to get more gig economy workers into its cars. Uh, I just read this over, and I had no idea. Ladies and gentlemen, it's so desperate that these companies uh, like Uber, and I guess there's, there's a couple of other ones, what they do is, is well, it's, it's like a taxi. Uh, but GM has decided uh, to launch a Maven gig operation where these cars that they can't sell, they've been setting up these places in uh, Washington, D.C., Phoenix, Boston, Detroit, uh, San Diego, um, to allow these Uber drivers to not actually have a car. Now, it's not just Uber. Like I said, it's uh, they're also making uh, deliveries for like Amazon and stuff like that. But ladies and gentlemen, this March in Los Angeles and San Francisco, uh, they're going to allow customers to rent GM-branded vehicles for a month at a time. Okay? The Maven Gig vehicles, which incru- includes the uh, the Chevrolet Cruze, Malibu, Trax, Impala, the all-electric Bolt EV are all available for flat 
weekly rates. The rate, which ranged from 189 to 229 depending on the vehicle, oh my goodness, includes the car unlimited miles. Now listen, insurance is included and maintenance. Now, the Bolt EV includes free charging at EV go stations. Okay, so for $189 a month, they give you the car, and that is unlimited miles. They provide the insurance and maintenance. Now, I'm just sitting here, so I look over a couple of different articles concerning this, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. Ladies and gentlemen, do the GM stockholders know this is going on? Ladies and gentlemen, this is obviously a last-ditch effort to get every red penny they can get their hands on before this entire thing falls apart. And, you know... <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the... the the things going on with the car, with the automobile industry, is not 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 very good. Like like this article I, I looked at, how the Chevy Bolt just beat the Tesla Model S. <laughs> uh, Jim recalls eight hundred thousand trucks for faulty power steering. I, I wonder if the GM stockholders know all of this. Because there's absolutely no way that they released this. You know, GM just recently this profit surprise uh, that they uh, <laughs> released. Ladies and gentlemen, they're obviously lying through their teeth. So, I mean, the cracks in this economy has got – well, it, it's got it's got me worried, especially with this – with this – report being released, this survey that everybody knows the housing market's getting ready to crash. It just makes me wonder if this eclipse is going to trigger an event. I wonder if everybody's going to wake up one day and go sell, 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 sell. I mean, we've got... <laughs> there's obviously problems with, with the... Uh, Credit cards, because I saw a couple of news articles relating to credit cards charging 0% interest until 2019. Ladies and gentlemen, now, zero interest until 2019? <laughs> How can they make any money that way? Go ahead, Bri. Well, hold up, because… This is like I was trying to point out before. If you start studying these patterns, I don't see that they're doing anything different than what they've been doing nonstop since, I mean, once you came to the Versailles agreements and the reparation payments, because that was their model that they based everything upon. And, you know, I keep seeing you guys are pointing out all this stuff happening, but this is, this is exactly the same pattern they used in the 80s. 
at the late 80s, they started playing this same game. Now they're dropping interest rates, so everybody starts borrowing again. Okay, because we got the society into such a, a materialistic point of view that they just get fixated on, well, I mean, look, everybody, you want me to be blunt here? I mean, that's why they set you up in your nice 501c3. Everybody's just fixated on their me, myself, and I. More I can gain materialism, and then they throw out the drop the interest, and everybody thinks, oh, it's all peachy keen again. Next thing you know, the banks are raking in all the money again. Then they start dropping out things about the housing market, and then the speculative uh, Wall Street, which has nothing to do with the price of beans in China, but for some reason everybody's been convinced that that is actually what matters as far as economics is concerned. They're, once again, they're just playing the same pattern of what they keep doing over and over again. They continue to create these crises, use this on top of it. They go out and they grab all the world resources by, for instance, the IMF comes in and they enforce, well, oh, this third world country, we're, you're not going to pay us back? Okay. That's why the Falcons' war happened. Britain, gunpoint diplomacy, said, oh, yeah, you're not going to pay us back? Watch this. That's what started that in motion. I mean, after I've sat down and looked over all this stuff, I don't see them doing anything different than what they continue to keep doing on a repetitive nature. And, okay, let's take, for instance, you know, Matthew and I looked at Germany this week. Okay, you see, in order to have an economy work, you have to be able to have manufacturing plants. And, you know, steel, for instance, is one of the best ways to see what's going on with an economy. And you have to be able to produce items, which can then, in turn, be sold to bring income back into your economy. You see, Germany's like, boom, 2009 collapse happened. They were covered in like 15 minutes. There's no big deal to them. Because they're running a nation how the economy should be running in the first place. But lo and behold, you see, when we had the European Economic Union started in the first place, well, Britain wasn't included. And these European nations, they were basically, had realized that we better start working together if we want to get out from under this uh, Britain-American oil baron, robber baron, banker robbery system. We better set up our own way of doing stuff. So they all start doing how a proper economy should work, which the United States doesn't do any of that. What manufacturing are we doing here any longer? Don't do anything. You can't even get people to go out and pick the food that's growing. For Pete's sake, give me a break. I mean, I heard that earlier and I just sat there going, you've got to be joking. So what I'm being told here is the American people that can't get a job the only jobs they'll take is a cushy one sitting in, in an office with air conditioning. They won't go out and get their hands dirty to pick the food that we're going to need to eat. Is that what we've come down to? Personally, that's disgusting. But let's go back around to what just happened here with the Brexit. Because... When the European Economic Union got started, America and Britain were ticked off. Well, we ain't got no hands in this. Britain forced their way into the mix, and they finally took them in. Now, lo and behold, as the collapse had gone about, 
they suddenly decided to pull out. And now what do we have going on? France and Frankfurt in Germany are fighting over the main financial centers after Britain has left. Story came out here, Paris aims to overtake Frankfurt in race for Brexit bank jobs. It gets silly after a while. Because this economy in the United States could be whipped back around in no time if they actually started producing products again. But they won't do that. It's to the stage of utter insanity and where people have got to get to the point where they're fed up. I mean, this whole system is so absolutely rigged, and they continue to play these games on a continual basis with people. That's my piece in there. I just had to chime in on that. Oh, no, by all means, but it's a whole lot worse than that. It's a whole lot worse than that. Here's the headline, okay? Here's the headline from this week. 12-year-old rape victim told to turn the other cheek as Christian school refuses to report sexual abuse, lawsuit alleges. Now, here, let's just, let's just do this. A 12-year-old rape victim was told by the headmaster of the Christian school to turn the other cheek and that everything in God's kingdom happens for a reason. Now, the problem is, ladies and gentlemen, this wasn't a little girl. This was a little boy that was being raped by four other boys repeatedly. Repeatedly. So, this just didn't happen on one day. This happened many days. And the headmaster just let it go on. You don't need to inform me about how bad it is. Well, heck, if we're going to go down that route, let's bring up my uh, my interesting little clients for the week. I mean, everybody's been talking about Hobby Lobby and how they were losing all their money because they made a stand against uh, birth control and so forth being written into Obamacare. That's why they were going into turmoil. Well, guess what, folks? A great big uh, expose was put out on how ISIS was running their arts and, uh, you know, pilfering of ancient artifacts throughout the world. And lo and behold, guess what really got Hobby Lobby in trouble? It wasn't because of that, like they told you. No, it's because they had over a $3.5 million fine for buying these... uh, Stolen archaeological items, a.k.a., let me break it down for you folks, they were funding terrorism. But all the people within, you know, the right-leaning groups, they've all been putting that story out there over and over and over again about Hobby Lobby has been getting bankrupted because they're making a stand, really, while they funded terrorism. Or let's talk about the other infamous one here. You see... I just found out about this this week, and I almost put my fist through the wall. I was so ticked. Walk into a Chick-fil-A here that was just moved into Madison. Everybody has run around for years saying, well, they're a Christian group. Walk in there with some gay people, and they'll tell you there's the door. 
ticked me off pretty badly when I found out about what happened here right under my own nose. So, and I said, look, you know where this is going next? Next, they're going to state, well, we won't serve colored people. We won't serve anybody other than a white person. Well, guess what, folks? They're already saying it. That's what they plan to do next since they're getting away with what they're doing now. And they do this at the same time saying they're Christians. No different than what the story that Matthew just brought forward about telling this boy to turn the other cheek. Good grief, folks. Clinton, your comments? Well, kind of on those lines, there was also an article that came out uh, this week about another Christian school um, that a little little black boy um, that was being punished for something. And he had to do origami in the shape of uh, the Ku Klux Klan uh, head cover, um, eyes drawn on it with KKK written on it. Um, and the uh, school is saying because of religious liberties, they can discipline their students any way that they choose. Um, this, this, under the guise of religious liberties, is, is going to unfortunately get a lot of people in trouble if this continues. I mean, it's been you legalized now. They've officially made it a theocracy in this nation. So I've been seeing these patterns of what you just brought up there, Clinton, happening nonstop under the guises of, quote-unquote, religious liberty. But what that means is they enforce their sadistic, um, twisted version of whatever it is they're actually pushing upon the American public. And that's ridiculous. That's my two cents quick. Sorry about that, Matthew. No, nah, it's all right. That's what this is all about. But just so you know, ladies and gentlemen, this ain't the first time it's happened, and there's something you better come to terms with really quickly, because all the Nazis, you know, all the SS, you do understand that they were all members of local churches, right? I mean, I know my church history. Why don't you go back and check the German records of the Lutheran church, yada, 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 yada. Uh-huh. Oh, yes. So, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> you talk about something coming back to bite you. You see, because there's going to be a list that doesn't have anything to do with the two lists you need to know. I'll tell you what those two lists are. The Ten Commandments and the Beatitudes. But they'll come up with a new list. It'll be a brand spanking new one. It'll be, thou shalt not be disabled. Oh, you don't believe me? Well, you need to check AP this week. Because the AP reporters busted a uh, handicap facility, they walked into one of the rooms, and there was maggots crawling around one of the breathing tubes after further investigation that 
poor handicapped person was infested with maggots. Anyway, that's item number one. Thou shalt not be disabled. And then, of course, they'll just work their way down the line, won't they? Thou shalt not retire. Thou shalt not be black. Thou shalt not be below an 80 IQ. They'll keep going. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, I know my history, by God, because I went and read the diaries of the Germans. Did you know that? Did you know all kinds of Lutherans and Catholics brought their diaries when they fled? You didn't know that? Well, here, let, let me go on. Then all of a sudden, they'll keep working their way down the line. Thou shalt not be redheaded. Thou shalt not be short. Thou shalt be a scumbag. Thou shalt be a baron. Thou shalt be a banker. Just wait and find out. Just wait and find out. Ah, yes. Thou shalt not be gay. Thou shalt not be polite. <laughs> ah, yes. We we don't have the resources for the fantastic amount of intricacy it is required to make glasses. Uh-huh. Thou shalt have 20-20 vision. Thou shalt not live in income housing. Thou shalt not make less than $250,000 a year <laughs> of somebody else's money. It's common knowledge. The only way you can make a million, a million dollars is off somebody else's back. Everybody knows that. But... I guess you could go ask the principal of this uh, Christian school. He can tell you all about it. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this is this is serious. I mean, when I seen this article, I actually read it like three or four times. So you really do need to get it and look at it. Because there's a high probability that Someone that you knows, you know, someone very close to you is just like this. So, I mean, if I was you, I would I would get this article and really read it maybe four or five times. Like I said, it uh, came out in The Guardian, how economics became a religion. You, you need, to, need to look up that, that article. By the way, good article come out this week about Nineveh 2. Three years later, where are the Nineveh Plains Christians? I'm sorry. You don't care, do you? Don't worry. You will. You will. 
Clinton, jump on here. Closing comments and, of course, your websites. You know, I mean, uh, everyone, we have a possibility of a lot of things happening this next week um, with North Korea, with China, with the economy, with who knows. You know, we, we technically have eight days until the eclipse. You know, the moon always does crazy stuff to people. So it's going to be interesting to see if anything happens or what happens. Um, everyone can find me um, on my website, clintoncowatch.com, um, or on Twitter, uh, you know, just type in Clinton Co-Watch. Um, the article that Matthew referenced about economics being a religion, I did find that and just posted on my Twitter as well. Um, and then you can also check out the Diligent Watchman on uh, Podbean. Um, thank you, everyone, for your support. Brian, uh, where can we find your stuff? What's your website? Your closing comments? Well, a couple of them here. Uh, you brought up something interesting. I find it funny how it got low ratings, of course, but good old film made back in uh, 1996, The Cross and the Star, for those of you that have Amazon Prime, go and find it. It's free to watch. A little eye-opening. Then I take a look into Malthusian theory of population and then Neil Malthusianism which was legalized in the late 70s by the infamous Henry Kissinger. Yes, it's a genocide uh, doctrine, folks, that they've been instituting ever since then. Uh, you can find me at overtattentionshow.com or overtattentionshow on Twitter. Thanks for joining us. God bless. Ladies and gentlemen, just so you know, I'm overtly qualified to tell you about the things that I just talked about because my grandpa was full-blooded German. He comes straight from Germany, uh, fleeing the exact reasons that I aforementioned. Number two, uh, I'm one-eighth full-blooded Indian because he went down to the Trail of Tears and got himself a full-blooded wife. So my grandmother took them quite a while to figure out how to speak English. They both had to learn how to speak English at the same time. Anyway, you know, what are you? You know, you're not Canadian. You're not Spanish. My God, you're not Mexican. You're not Italian. You're either a Christian or you're not. You're either damned or you're not. And the status of your retirement is completely irrelevant. It's your redemption you ought to start thinking about, and you can take that to your barren institute.